for hitting that download button to give us a listen uh, whenever you may be listening to this. Uh, Junior, Senior, Ben, Kirk, we're all here for a change. It's good to have the good to have the whole gang in the building. And of course, we have our very own cigar savant, Mr. Alan Friedman. And I want to start us off tonight by just getting into what we're smoking. And of course, we can uh, get a little deeper into all these things as the uh, night goes along. But I'll go ahead and start us off here. I've got what is called the uh, the same one that the same one that we're supposed to be smoking tonight, Junior. Yes, yes, that one. Uh, the Aladino. I'm sorry. <clears throat> now, this, this particular. Oh God, not not no. It's not a CLE. It's a JRE Aladino. Okay. Uh, uh, this one in particular was given to us by uh, a friend of ours by the name of Tim Vincent, who is a cigar rep in the Atlanta area, and well, actually all over the southeast. Quite frankly, the man's got more miles under his belt than most people. But uh, this one is unique because it is 100% Corojo. Wrapper, binder, filler, Corojo all the way. So it'll be interesting to see how this one progresses as the night goes along. And I will go ahead and speak for Ben. I know you happen to be smoking this same cigar. We we planned it that way. That's correct. And I have a confession. Uh, I actually started a little earlier on smoking it. So I've been enjoying it for the past 15 minutes. You're fired. No, I'm not ashamed of it. That's fine. It's a good smoke. Well, actually, you would have to make money to get fired. But anyway. I was going to say, we don't pay him, so it's hard to fire him. Uh, my imaginary paycheck. Senior, are <laughs> you smoking anything over there? Yeah, I've got, uh, it's actually called The Oscar. It's from Oscar Valadares, which is probably most known for uh, The Leaf by Oscar. But this is a new spinoff they've got, and they actually finally found a use for a Candelas wrapper. This one comes wrapped or encased in a uh, Candelas wrapper, so you tear it off, throw it away, and you got a really nice uh, Habano wrapper uh, looking at you. It's actually was, the Oscar uh, Habano. I was really curious when you started talking about Candela uh, how that was going to work with you, but now I see why. Exactly. You throw that one away, but it's got, uh, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, uh, I was just going to give a little break off on it right quick. It's a, uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. It's got a Honduran, uh, binder and Honduran and Nicaraguan filler in it. So, and I'll pass right, the and I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to, uh, Kirk Rutherford Chalmers. What are you smoking over there? Yep. Uh, tonight I'm smoking the Cane Daytona, which uh, is true to the Cane name where it's uh, it's it's primarily Lajero leaf. And this one is a little bit different, though, because it's uh, all Nicaraguan. It's a Nicaraguan Puro grown from Cuban seed. And then they, they grabbed all the Lajero from the uh, Jalapa Valley of, of Nicaragua. So... This this one in terms of the rest of the cane, I would say it's um, equally strong, but the body is maybe a little bit stepped back, um, so it's a little less spicy maybe than the KNF, for example. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to say you're more of a man than I am because I, I don't tackle a cane very often. I've always been more than a man, more of a man than you, Mark. Well, that's beside the point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. But, but that's, that's uh, what she us. said. <laughs> I don't know you. I didn't know you were there, Alan. Oh yeah. 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 He's uh, not only is he here, but it's his turn to tell us what he's smoking. Well, I am smoking the uh, uh, Perla Del Mar by J.C. Newman. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, this is an oldie but a goodie, as far as I'm I'm concerned. So, and I've I've smoked several of them during the week. And, of course, I got to uh, cut this baby open with my hair uh, that uh, Oscar gifted me at our event and uh, lit it with a real interesting lighter. Uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Zyko, kind of a car. But um, you could also say, if you look at it real fast, uh, Psycho. So. But what's interesting about it is is that uh, originally I picked it up because I wanted a soft flame lighter that wasn't a Bic. And while playing with it, I realized that on one side comes a nice soft flame, and uh, but if you light it another way or flick it with another button you get a nice toasting uh, single flame. So uh, I think it may be my uh, new favorite lighter. But uh, going back to the Perla Del Mar by J.C. Newman, now this cigar, I said it was an oldie but a goodie, was actually showcased in a, at the 2012 IPCPR Co. And Perla Del Mar translates to Pearl of the Sea. Now, the name stems from company president Eric Newman's interest in cigar art. And he came across an old Cuban band with the Perla Del Mar name. Uh, The artwork, uh, along with the name, served as an inspiration for him. And uh, he used both to uh, name this new blend that they were trying to create. Now, according to J.C. Newman, uh, the Perla Del Mar fills a gap uh, that was in the J.C. Newman portfolio, providing a milder strength yet flavorful offering for uh, all cigar enthusiasts. Now, the Perla Del Mar has an Ecuadorian wrapper. Choose Nicaraguan tobacco for the binder and filler. And these uh, Nicaraguan tobaccos come from four regions, Pueblo Nuevo, La Reina, Candega, and Jalapa. And it's a box-pressed Vitola uh, produced at Fabrica de Tobacco San Rafael S.A., Nicaragua. It is available in four sizes. And it's initials for French oyster sizes making the uh, Pearl of the Sea connection, and it's packed in boxes of 25. Draw on this baby, the construction is so good, the draw really reflects on it. From start to finish, the draw is easy, effortless. Um, 
making it a comfortable and a really tasty uh, smoking experience. Mar is a mild to medium smoke. Hey, Alan. Alan, Come, hang yeah. on a second. Uh, cut off the video because we get we seem to get better audio when there's no video. Is that better? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, All right, the Perla Del Mar is a medium to uh, mild smoke, very complex with flavor, and I found a very creamy caramel taste with uh, a black pepper spice note. Um, there were notes of earthiness and woodiness in the background, very balanced. Uh, also had flavors of citrus and vanilla, and it produced a really tasty and interesting smoke. Now, my tip is that this is a perfect cigar for the morning or when a mild cigar is called for. It's perfect for the novice or even the experienced smoker looking for a change of pace. And, you know, when you consider the pedigree of J.C. Newman, the tobaccos that are in it, and the incredibly wallet-friendly price, uh, I've got to provide everybody who's listening a buy recommendation. This is just a good cigar, and it's uh, perfect for a simple, well-deserved smoking experience. And, again, my tip is everybody's got to try this. Good deal. Definitely thank you for reviewing that one for us and for the listeners. Now, I specifically waited to mention what I used to cut my uh, Aladino with until this segment because what I want to do is go into a little bit of a deeper description of my new Lotus Jaws cutter. Now, you may say, well, what's special about this Lotus Jaws cutter? Well, if you look at it, at first glance, you may not think there's anything special about it until you start to look closely at those blades, those double-action blades, because you're going to see on both sides that the blades are serrated. Now, Alan first mentioned this a couple of shows ago, and it kind of got my uh, got my intrigue a little bit. And I was at Vintage Cigar in Huntsville, Alabama, and lo and behold, they happened to have the Lotus Jaws Cutter in several colors. Now, anyone who knows me knows I like yellow and orange and all kinds of weird colors. So when I saw the yellow and black Lotus Jaws combination, it literally called out to me from the shelf. It said, Mark, come by me. And I said, okay, I will. Uh, it didn't really happen. Mark, Mark, buy me, buy me. <laughs> Precisely. So I said, you know what? I don't really need this $30 that's in my pocket. Here you go. I'm going to take this cutter home with me. And I'll be honest with you, it's a decision I don't regret at all. Uh, I've had this cutter three weeks, roughly a month now. And I've been using it almost exclusively during that time. And I have to say, it is so incredibly sharp. Uh, Not only is it great for cutting cigars, but quite frankly, you could use it as a as a torture device if you had to. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you can take a finger off if you really wanted to. Uh, What I'm getting at is don't don't run your fingers on the blades, don't play around with it, because there's a good chance you're going to cut yourself. But I'll tell you what it does to a cigar. It creates an incredibly clean, incredibly... Excuse me. Incredibly clean cut on a cigar. 
and I've read some reviews about so this. So good, uh, you almost peed in your pants. Yeah, well, eh. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think you were going to so, do that anyway. I had a feeling that was yeah. coming. Yes. <laughs> All right, so, you, you know, I've, I've read a few reviews on this particular cutter, and they had mentioned some that the only problem they thought about it was the fact that, you know, occasionally bits of tobacco would get stuck in the serrated blades. Now, I have not personally experienced that problem yet. Now, I'll, I'll update you here on the show if that comes along. But I have to say, this is one of, without a doubt, the sharpest non-Zycar cutter I think I've ever used. Uh, Weight-wise, it comes in at 79 grams, which is in line with a lot of Zycar's products. Uh, not nearly as heavy as uh, Senior's new Calibri V-Cut, which we'll talk a little bit about later, and he will review for next episode. Uh, hint, hint, homework assignment. <laughs> I'm glad to know that. Yeah, that one actually weighs in at 112 grams, so while the Lotus has a nice heft to it and a nice weight, it's... and the other thing I like about it a lot is it's got two, uh, I'd call them oversized finger holes, so really, the way it's made, the way the holes are made, the weight of the cutter, what it amounts to is the cutter is doing the work. You know, you just kind of push it together with your fingers. It doesn't require a lot of work on your part. And that's what I like about my cutters. I want the cutters to do the majority of the work. So I would definitely get my tip on this one here is definitely if you're in the market for a good cutter, the Lotus Jaw should seriously be on your list. Plus, it's a great value at just $30. So, uh, definitely take a look at those. Plenty of color combinations to uh, find one that fits your personality. Uh, they, they didn't have one in solid black, therefore I couldn't get one that completely fit my personality, but whatever. <clears throat> now, as we move on into uh, some other information, the EP Carrillo Dusk, their nationwide rollout is nearly complete. Uh, one thing that fascinated me when I read this article was the uh, way they described the cigar. It was uh, described in very poetic fashion as they say that the, uh, the dusk wears a dark, chocolate brown Connecticut broadleaf wrapper and contains Ecuadorian binder and filler and tobacco from Nicol- or, excuse me, and tobacco filler from Nicaragua. You know, but it, it wears a dark chocolate brown Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. That's beautiful. This is where someone else, where someone else talks. Uh, <laughs> you, you just, you just, you sucked me in with your poetic words. <laughs> yes, I know. It was also the voice, you know. One day we're going to do an entire episode where we pretend <laughs> like we're on NPR. I thought you were doing your Down syndrome impersonation. Well, let's face it, they're not that different, but okay. Uh, so you mentioned E.P. Carrillo. I think I've probably mentioned him a hundred times on these podcasts. as one of my cigar heroes. Uh, his his story, his attention to detail. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on the dusk and, and give it a try. Uh, you know, I guess for those who haven't heard the last hundred times I've mentioned E.P. Carrillo, it, it's probably worth mentioning that he is the guy who came up with the original La Gloria Cabana blend, which is a cigar that really took the world by storm. 
uh, back in the 90s. And, you know, he had his his run-in with some of the bigger cigar companies. I think La Gloria Cabana was purchased by General Cigar. And, Alan, if I, if I, if I misspeak at all, Alan, feel free to correct me. But uh, no, You're doing great so far. Yeah, so La Gloria Cabana is purchased, you know, by General Cigars, and, and, and E.P. Carrillo had to go along with the brand to kind of be the ambassador. And, and while he was doing that, General Cigars, you know, started – having their big company ways with his cigar and it wasn't sitting well with EP Carrillo. So when his time was up with general cigars, he stepped back and uh, started his own cigar company again, now called EP Carrillo. And that's where we, we have, I think, so he's got the EP Carrillo, the inch is a popular cigar. He's got the new wave Connecticut. Now he's got the dust. Um, but amazing guy, and, and he really focuses on the attention to detail. He uses triple caps. He limits the amount of cigars that his rollers can do in a day because to him, quality is more important than uh, quantity. So, and and if that wasn't enough to buy a cigar from E.P. Carrillo, I, I will. Uh, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that his daughter Lizette is maybe the prettiest thing uh, to ever hold a cigar. So. There's, there's your motivation there. <laughs> well, when well the only thing I, I, only thing I would add is that, uh, you know, he is considered the uh, godfather of boutique cigars. I can see that. What am I, am I missing one? I know he's got his EP Carrillo original. Well, you know, when he started his own uh, company again, you know, the brand was famous for the short runs. That's right. And you are correct. His daughter is absolutely beautiful. Oh, he's also got. Are they the ones who make this the E Stunner? Yes. Yes. That's that's the poster I'm I'm picturing is that on. I think uh, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but it's still kind of burned in my memory. I didn't. I didn't. Now, have any of you guys smoked that E Stunner? Yeah, and I don't remember yes. love. I don't yes. remember loving it, but. Uh, I think it was on the. You know, it's it's funny because a lot of people um, really like that cigar, and at the time, it was really one of my favorites. I remember when it first came out that they were marketing it as one of the taglines they like to use fairly often was a five-hour energy in a cigar. And I never really got that from it. Now, I thought it was a decent cigar, also made for a decent hat, which I got for free from some rep whose name I can't remember because that was years ago. But, yeah, I thought it was a good cigar myself. So does anyone know how the um, the other cigar from him I'm thinking of is maybe released three years ago called the New Wave Connecticut? Yes. Um do you, how how do anyone not to put anyone on the spot, but does anyone know how that compares to the dusk? Because I see that the dusk has a a Connecticut broadleaf on it. You know, I'll tell you. As much as I love E. P. Carrillo, I'm a little annoyed with him right this second, for the simple reason that they have rebranded, uh, reboxed, relabeled the entire line. So now I have to go out and I have to buy 
the entire line so I can say I've smoked them all and give them all a try. And I, I you know, they, they've made so many changes, you know, I don't know what's what anymore with them. But I'm sure after I've purchased them and smoked them all, I'll be a happy camper again. Do, do you feel like he's uh, struggling to find his way in a digital world kind of thing? Trying to find um, how EP Creo fits into the, you know, the, the modern cigar smokers humidor? No, I don't know about that. You know, I do know that he has um, brought on um, Jose Blanco. And um, Jose is um, kind of doing a lot of uh, poster child work for him. He'll be doing, um, you know, his world famous tasting seminars hmm. using the uh, EP Carrillo cigars. Hmm. So I, one of the things I don't know is I don't know if Jose um, has been part of this rebranding and reorganizing and relabeling of all these cigars. Okay. Well, I just looked it up here for those who are interested. The New Wave Connecticut has a uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper on it, which might be my least favorite Connecticut leaf. Um, so I, I imagine that I will like the Dusk more than the New Wave Connecticut. All right, well, let's switch gears a little bit from E.P. Carrillo to uh, Cuba. Uh, a couple of Cuban stories in the news this week, uh, one of those being that Cuba is struggling to satisfy cigar demand after a round of crops, bad crops, which I don't think it really really surprises too many of us, but the communist-led Cuba is struggling to maintain the supply of some premium cigar brands in the face of poor tobacco harvest and rising demand. Uh, this was what was coming out of the annual cigar festival from Cuba itself, supposedly both the combination of El Nino weather that brought excessive rains and an unseasonable drought season damaged uh, much of the tobacco crop. And one of the factory workers was quoted as saying, the quality used to be better. It just doesn't have the same texture. Uh, Cubans pretty much blaming it on the weather on this one. But, you know, I, I think Cuban crops have had issues for a long time that don't necessarily have anything to do with the weather. You know, it has to do with the, the use and abuse of the, the fields and not... Uh, well, you know, they, they try rates. to uh, put everything under seed that they can ground... Uh, because of the, you know, demand, but they're not allowing their fields to rest or to lay fallow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, eventually uh, that's going to catch up with you. You know, even if you do have access to great fertilizers. Well, and I think it's, you know, Cuba is kind of, in a sense, preparing for a possible entrance into the U.S. market, some a market they haven't been in for many, many decades. You know, they've sort of rested their laurels on the fact that they had the cigar market in the rest of the world. You know, a lot of these brands that we take for granted here in the United States are not big overseas at all. 
and uh, let's see here. Now well, we you know, a... you know, Mark, they they tend to put out green cigars. You know, they they don't let them age like the Honduran or Dominican or the Nicaraguan or Costa Rican cigars. Uh, they don't even let them age as, as long as the Philippine cigars uh, or the Mexican. You know, they their whole thing is get it out on market so we can get the money back in, you know, to uh, attempt to run the country. So if you buy Cubans as a rule of thumb, you know, you're going to need to age them yourself for a while. That's when they get good. And, and actually kind of – go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, you know, there, there's another part of this, and, and that is is that because we can't have them legally, and, you know, even if they were legal here and available for sale, I think we might see another – uh, cigar boom, or it bringing people in that want to try this thing called a, a Cuban cigar. But I think a lot of them are going to realize, eh, it's not so good. Or it's not what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, there's going to be people like us telling them, well, for what you're paying for that one Cuban, you know, you could have uh, three or four Dominicans. Absolutely. That are, uh, you know, better. Well, and there was actually another another Cuban-related story about the Americans that are going down to Cuba and trying to bring back just as much uh, Cuban cigars as they possibly can. And, you know, it's a big part of it is what you just mentioned. They, we as Americans have this mentality of wanting what we necessarily can't have or what we're told that we can't have anyway and these Cuban cigars they grow such a mystique that the the cigars themselves can't possibly live up to this this bar that we're setting them to in our mind and I, I want to add to that too, Mark. That um, add add to that mystique the fact that they typically will cost. I mean, I don't know, probably about twenty bucks for most of the ones that are available. Uh, so now you've got the the mystique of it being a Cuban cigar plus the added cost. So you anticipate something that's even better because you know, like uh, Alan mentioned, you could get two or three nice Nicaraguan puros. You could get two or three of them for that price instead of just one Cuban. And, you know, speaking of uh, people, Americans, <laughs> speaking of Americans leaving the country, our, our very own cigar savant, Alan uh, Friedman, is in uh, final preparation to leave the country. In fact, if Good I rid- remember Good correctly. <laughs> oh, he's coming back, don't worry. Uh, I believe uh, Marley told me you guys were leaving Wednesday on the way to Brazil. That is correct. And that brings me to a great Cuban story for you all. You know, um, we're, we're going to Brazil. We're going to be there for uh, 10, 12 days. And, of course, we're going to see family. 
And as my friends uh, find out I'm going, you know what they're asking me to bring back? Mm-hmm. Cuban cigars. And, oh, you can get Cubans in Brazil. Bring back some Cuban cigars. Bring back some Cuban cigars. So, first of all, you need to know that I am bringing two boxes of cigars with me. And uh, I'm doing that because of where we're going to be. Cigars are very difficult to acquire. But coming home, we're going to be going through uh, Sao Paulo, which is the uh, New York of Brazil. And I should be able, if not in the airport, considering I've got a nine-hour layover there, um, to go into the city and maybe hit uh, a couple of different uh, tobacconists or even in a Habano shop. Now, in saying to, to my friends, okay, I'll bring you back a Cuban, you know, one of the things is I, I don't want to be arrested and I don't want to be stopped in customs and, you know, I don't want my cigars seized and I don't want them cut in front of my face, especially if I'm putting out the cash for them. I would do a, a little bit of research. Now, you know, initially uh, with Obama's trip to Cuba, you know, some rules got changed with the stroke of a pen and people were able to bring back a hundred dollars worth of uh, Cuban products um, if they went to Cuba. Basically, you're talking about maybe a Cuban cigar and a Cuban bottle of rum for $100 or a couple of cigars. But uh, just before leaving office, uh, you know, Obama decided to uh, stick it to the um, American and... um, the world's uh, cigar producers just uh, one more time. So not only did we or do we have to deal with the FDA, we have to deal with one of his new little rules uh, that went into effect. And what that rule is or what that executive order is, is that we can now bring back um, from either Cuba or from anywhere in the world a thousand dollars worth of Cuban cigars. What it's done is it's uh, created a black market in cigars already, and so you've got people who are going over there buying a thousand dollars on uh, Monday and going back on Wednesday and buying another thousand dollars worth of cigars. Now I have no intention of buying. Uh, $8,000 worth of cigars, but I probably will pick up a couple of boxes for uh, myself and uh, my good friends so we can all sit around and talk about eh, this ain't what we expected. So um, I found that interesting. And now here's the next part of this, and this is how um, Obama has screwed the industry. You know, we're having to follow uh, all these FDA guidelines. Mm-hmm. It's having to do uh, testing and, and we have to deal with predicate dates. And Well, the Cuban cigars aren't going to be under those rules. So uh, they don't have to have any paperwork done on them. They don't have to have any testing. 
they just can come in. Alan, can I can I ask a question on uh, on one of your earlier points? So, uh, limited exposure to purchasing Cuban cigars. The the times that I've come across them, as I mentioned earlier, they've been more expensive than I would have anticipated. When when someone is going to Brazil or Cuba and buying these cigars, what what kind of prices do they? I mean. What do you anticipate the cost of that cigar will be in Brazil versus what the U.S. value of that is? Is it kind of dollar for dollar, or is it five bucks in Cuba or in Brazil? But when you come here, you expect that people would would pay fifteen dollars for it. At the present time, the only thing that is going to save me is that the U.S. dollar compared to the Brazilian real is three dollars and twelve cents as of today. So my dollar will buy uh, a lot more cigar um, than it would if it was dollar for dollar or dollar for real. Uh, I still expect that the cigars are probably going to be, I'll give you a range of, um, let's say, 15 to $25 a cigar. Uh, I am not going to um, go crazy and, um, you know, probably to purchase more, I'll end up buying more on the Corona side because uh, they will be less expensive. But they're still going to be expensive cigars. And, and the most important thing is now I know San Paulo when I walk into – these tobacco shops, these cigar stores, or even a Habano store, you know, I know that what I'm going to be buying are real Cubans, you know, and part of the problem is, is that Cuban cigars are one of the most counterfeited things on the planet with most of them being made in the uh, Dominican. Yeah. In particular, in particular, isn't it the uh, the Cohibas are terribly counterfeited? Exactly. You know, for all intents and purposes, I don't really plan on uh, buying any of the Cohibas. I want some uh, of the uh, H. Upmans and the Monte Cristos. Oh, yes. The Monte Cristo number two. Uh, I don't know how much those fetch in terms of, of cost, but uh, that was one of the best cigars I've ever had was a Monty 2, a yeah. Cuban Monty 2. And another thing is I don't know if I'm going to be able to have the opportunity to, you know, do any negotiation. You know, I don't know if it's going to be here's the price and that's it, end of story. You know, or if it's going to be, you know, let's say the box is, um, you know, two and a quarter and I say, oh, how about I give you 200 for it right now, cash. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's going to fly. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd imagine I'm certainly going to try it. If you're at the airport, I'm guessing, you know, then I'm know. not. I'm really not going to try to purchase, you know, anything in the airport in the the duty free shop. You know, with this with this nine hour layover we've got, I think, you know, actually what we'll do is, um, you know, get get checked in you know, with the flight we're supposed to be on and then get out of the airport, get a cab and go. 
And yep. one of the things I plan on doing tomorrow is, you know, doing a little research to see, uh, you know, what cigar shops, cigar lounges or Habano stores, you know, are, um, you know, near the airport. I think that's a really good idea. And I don't plan again, I, I don't plan on getting more than, you know, two boxes, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, that that's plenty for me and plenty for, you know, us to enjoy. If, if you find El, El, no, I'm going to get it wrong. Mark juniors had this one with me cause I, I had a handful of them. Uh, and, and there were, there were, Explained to me as a $8 Cuban cigar, and I think the guy who bought them probably let him rest for three years or so. But uh, if you ended up finding a, finding some you know lesser-known brand of Cuban that is less than $10, uh, I, I, I would and, – and you're able to get them back, and I'd be willing to buy some from you. And I think those would be fun for the group to share just to all have opportunities to smoke a Cuban Cohiba but a lesser-known well, Cuban brand is probably not as likely. Well, you know, they have plenty of uh, short-filler brands that that are available and are, you know, inexpensive. But I don't know if that's, um, you know, I'd rather just bring you back a couple of good cigars to smoke. Yeah, I guess I didn't uh, – I didn't uh... – I don't know, Junior. Do you remember the cigar I'm talking about? It really looked like a dog rocket. I mean, it wasn't anything <laughs> special, but um, the flavors were actually decent. But again, that could have been because it had some age on it. Yeah, I, I don't remember the name, but I, I do remember the the cigar and the incident in question. Yeah. Well, that, that's really exciting, Alan. I uh, <clears throat> I'm jealous, and and I hope you have a very safe and eventful and fun fun time out there. And just for those listening to the show now, Alan will miss one episode of the of the podcast while he's in Brazil. But once he gets back, I'm sure he'll have uh, a multitude of interesting stories. All right, guys, I just pulled out my ultimate guide to Cuban cigars, which is a book. Let's see if I can find their list of brands. While while Alan is looking that up, Junior, do we have do we have time in tonight's segment to talk about uh, other Brazilian cigars? Do you think it's worth uh, a minute on that? Yeah, roll with it. Well, I I never hesitate to to, to shamelessly plug cigars that I have really appreciated, and the Brazilian Maduro wrapper. I don't know if I've ever had a cigar with that wrapper that I did not just truly enjoy. And the, the two that come to mind immediately are the Christoph Maduro and the CAO Brasilia or Brazilian. I like that one. That's a good smoke. The rapper you're, yeah. you're talking about is called Araparaca. And there's also a Brazilian Matafina. And they are excellent. As believe it or not, um, one of the things we are going to look at. Uh, while we are there, the possibility of starting an experiment growing uh, tobacco there. 
Now, you know, they already grow tobacco there, but they don't grow it in the area where uh, Marley's family farms are. So, um, you know, we're going to see if we can uh, talk one of the family members into putting up a hundred acres or so and seeing if we can grow some tobacco. And speaking of that uh, Brazilian arapiaca, arapiaca that is actually yeah, close enough. It's got to roll off the uh, top. Yeah. <laughs> uh That is actually the wrapper on the vicarious black, which happens to be one of Marley's favorites. Well, doesn't the uh, vicarious red also use a Brazilian wrapper? Yeah, the Cubra. Cubra. Yeah, I can't. I can, honestly, both are I, excellent smokes. Yeah. And speaking of the vicarious red and uh, a visit that we had this past weekend, Alan hosted uh, the vice president of Trey J Cigars, Jerry Garrett, and his lovely wife, Darlene, at their home. And then he inadvertently hosted me as well as I showed up at 1030 Friday night to join in the debauchery. Well, what's interesting is I'm having dinner with them. And Jerry pulls out his cell phone and texts Mark and says, hey, why don't you come and visit? I'm, I'm in town. Before we ever got coffee, you know, Mark had uh, was pulling out of the driveway. <laughs> uh, I've never been accused of turning down an invitation. I figured Mark was just peeking in the windows and y'all felt sorry for him. Well, you got to remember that I'm I'm two and a half hours from Mark, so... You know, that's a commitment on a drive. (laughs) But uh, speaking of Vicarious Red and Alan's wife, Marley, she got to try the Vicarious Red for the first time this weekend. And uh, I I actually heard this story from from her and from Jerry and Darlene about, you know, her first experience with the cigar. And she was trying it and, you know, she liked it, but. They they had some uh, interesting little chocolate truffle brownie things going on for dessert. So she took a bite of chocolate and she tried the cigar with the chocolate. And, you know, suddenly she likes the cigar even more because it complements the, or, or the chocolate and the cigar, they, they complement each other well. And as they kept telling me the story, she said, so I, I got some of, uh, was it your coffee, Alan, that, that she got some of? Yes. Okay, so she she got some coffee, and she's trying the cigar with coffee. And this trend kind of continued on of, you know, she liked how well that was pairing with the cigar, the cigar and the coffee. Again, complementing each other. Well, there also happened to be a bottle of port on the table, uh, which happened to be very good, if I might add. <laughs> but she decided to try that with the Vicarious Red also. And again, it was another situation where she was enjoying the pairing of the wine with the cigar. So it goes to show, if you like a cigar or you've got a cigar that you're not crazy about, try it with something. See how it pairs with chocolate or coffee or wine and see how the flavors complement each other or play against each other because it can bring a whole other level to that cigar experience. She liked that red, but she still says black is her favorite. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with her on that one. You know, my, my favorite in, in theirs is definitely blue, but red's kind of a very close second with that. 
and then the black is kind of my rounds out the top three for me. Well, you know, there's there's a number of cigar companies that when they do tastings, one of the things they offer with their cigars is uh, chocolates. So chocolate and you know cigars definitely go together and and complement each other. And of course, let's face it, coffee goes with everything. You know, I, I don't know of anything that coffee doesn't go with, and you know. Coffee and cigars are, you know, incredible. Um, but if you have not tried port, which is a fortified wine, uh, with your cigars, it is one of those things that you want to try. By the way, the, the port we were using or, or we were drinking was uh, Fonseca. Oh, okay. And going back to coffee, I, I think cigars, in a way, kind of turned Senior into a coffee drinker because prior to him getting heavy into smoking, I don't, I don't remember him drinking much coffee. But now, I know that's kind of his morning routine is a, a light cigar and a cup of coffee. Definitely, that's the life right there. You know what I didn't think about bringing out is I also should have brought out a bottle of brandy or a bottle of cognac. We could have had a real, real incredible taste. Maybe we'll do that next uh, on the 28th. Yep, yep. Or is it the 25th? 25th. 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 And and if you're wondering what uh, Mr. Friedman is referring to there, uh, Premium Cigars of Georgia there in Marietta will be having a Kristoff cigar event uh, on March 25th, which is a Saturday if you... If you're in the area and want to come over, myself and Senior, we're going to head over to Marietta for that one. So uh, at least three of the five we'll Cigar Tipsters members will be in the building. Is uh, Glenn Bates going to make an appearance? No, it's going to be Jonathan Herring, the uh, local rep. And uh, we'll also have the uh, lovely ladies of the leaf there. That sounds That sounds good. You don't want to miss that. No. Hey, if uh, if a chance to put their hands on one of the Christoph Cameroons, I don't know. Again, I don't know how new those are, but I'd, I'd love to try one. And I can uh, send cash via PayPal or whatever it takes. Oh, I, I think we can make that happen. Yeah, I, I don't think that'll be a problem. And if you're, if you're a Christoph fan and you happen to be in the Huntsville or – if you're from this area, you'll know what we call the Tennessee Valley area. The Cigar Room in Madison, Alabama, will be hosting Kristoff on March the 11th. So there's you another chance to hit up a Kristoff event. Will that be with Jonathan? Uh, yes, I believe it will. Cool. And uh, Ben, y'all got any uh, events going up of, going on up there in Knoxville? Yeah, at my cigar shop, uh, May 21st, they're doing a Drew Estate event. I don't know if Jonathan Drew will be there, but that's the newest event at my shop that's going on. Uh, Kirk, is there any... It must be, uh, must be the season, because we've got a, a, a Drew Estate event coming up at uh, our local shop as well. Uh, that's later this month, I believe. Well, you guys know that... Um, you know, one of the uh, functions of a rep is to do 
um, parties, tastings, events. And, uh, you know, some of them have, have told me in confidence, you know, that they're required to do at least one a week. Wow. Um, you know, and, the, you know, this is, this is also something that's, that's very interesting. Uh, you know, let's say that I want to, um, you know, do an event. You know, one of the things that uh, I always look at is what else is going on. You know, for example, I don't think it would be a great idea to do a cigar event um, and compete with, let's say, Dragon Con. <laughs> you know, and, you know, because nobody's going to come because they're all all in Atlanta anyway. They're all going to Dragon Con. Um, and speaking of that, Junior here will be at Dragon Con this year, Labor Day weekend. See you there. Well, of course you will. <laughs> I, I plan on being there myself. <laughs> but, um, you know, so when we, we we'll look together, at the, We'll dress up as Star Wars characters. You know, when you pick a date, you want to pick a date where there's as little competition as possible. Because, you know, you take a place like Atlanta... You know, on any given weekend, you know, there could be 15 different cigar events going on at, at different shops, you know, and you want to try to draw from everywhere, you know, and not end up with an event that's got nothing but, you know, your regulars. You know, you want your regulars there, but you want to bring people in from all over the place. But some of the manufacturers won't do an event with you unless you buy a ridiculous amount of cigars. So the ones that require that, we usually tell them, you see that door over there? Don't let it hit you on the way out. Yeah. I, uh, if I can tell a quick anecdote here from, from my glory days as a cigar shop owner, I do recall struggling with that quite a bit, Alan, where, we had a, a fairly modest shop and not a ton of storage available for full boxes beyond the ones that were on shelves. And I remember it was a Rocky Patel event and they were really pushing hard. And I forget what the, the buy-in was, but I had piles of Rocky Patel boxes probably for the next six months because just yeah, the probably 30, what 30 boxes. Yeah, that sounds right. And of course, how how they do it is, you know, if you buy 30 boxes, then they're going to make sure that two people at your event win a Rocky Patel ashtray or some sort of Rocky Patel swag. So, I mean, they they try to sweeten the pot for you, but, you know, that's something that probably a lot of cigar smokers don't know is that some of these events come with a huge commitment from the shop. Exactly. And, you know, most of the time, you know, I'm not willing to make those commitments because I don't want to tie up inventory. You know, we live in a world of two and three day shipping. If I need it, it'll be here on Wednesday. You know, I don't need to have 30 boxes sitting in storage. Exactly. All right, guys. Well, we're pushing the hour mark here, so I want to just real quickly let everybody know you've been listening to the Cigar Tipsters podcast. 
Uh, you can find us on iTunes really simply. Just go into iTunes, search us, Cigar Tipster, you'll find us there. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you'll be updated every time we drop a new episode. Uh, we try to do that every two weeks. Uh, we're usually pretty good about that with the exception of the last two weeks because I was uh, deposed with an illness. But uh, we should be back on track now. Uh, for, your and for you Android fans, we're on Google Play Music. Again, just search Cigar Tipster or you can find us on Stitcher uh, as well. Again, pretty much any podcast directory you want to use, just search Cigar Tipster and we're there. Hey, Mark, uh, how do they find us on the Internet? Uh, let's see. We've got several options there. Our uh, website is CigarTipsters.com, and you can find links to the podcast from there. Uh, we On Twitter, we are at Cigar Tipster. Same thing with Facebook. And our newly minted Instagram page at Cigar Tipster. Be sure to give us a give us a follow on Instagram if you're a fan of just seeing some cigar pictures. And we'll be posting some accessory reviews and some kind of quick, you know, no mess, quick cigar reviews on Instagram as well. So be sure to give us a follow on there. And with that said, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for hitting that download button, and we'll see you in two weeks. This has been a Cigar Tipsters production.